Frank Sontag Show is furnished by Phil Liberatore and the law offices of Berglund & Johnson. Talk Radio 790-KABC. Thank you for joining us here on the Frank Sontag Show. Hour number two. And we are grateful that you are out there, KBC family. I've gotten a bunch of emails, which I haven't accessed. We have some calls on the screen as well. If you care to call the program, 800-222-KABC are always the numbers. In fact, let me take a couple of calls, and then I'll share some information. Jack, we have back on the line. Jack, you're on 790-KABC. Hey, Frank. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing doing super. Uh, I've been... Listening to you for probably over 20 years, uh, maybe longer than that, you've been, since you've been on the air, uh, way back in the KBC days when, uh, when radio was uh, such a, an exciting medium at the time, and FM was so alive, and there were all those stations out there, um, some of which uh, we only have memories of now because things have been pared down so much. Mm. But um, we're... I... I I relate very much to what you're you're saying about something missing, but I also have to um, say that much of which you felt back in those days, and you have uh, made a 180, which I could I could see that one coming, and you've 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 uh, come to uh, your faith where you are right now, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, I think our generation, um, I guess you could say the boomers, were headed, were searching for something, and the, and the generations that we have today are no different. They are hungry, and uh, they need something. Um, our music uh, was so full of passion and emotion and a spirituality. Uh, you take the, the young bloods uh, that, that came out there with uh, Get Together, which uh, you could you could play that today in a church service because it, it 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 has that spiritual aspect even to the point that it re- it references the one who will come um, come back for us. Um, it, we're in that period right now where we could lose the whole thing, and I believe we could we could we could gain things. There's a lot of things uh, that are very positive, and I, I look back. And if, if there was anything I could put my finger on, I guess it was in spite of all that was going on, and those were tumultuous times, the 60s and the 70s, uh, there was the race thing was just turning the corner. And I was down in the South at that time when it happened. I can still remember when things were on the buses that said that the blacks mm. sit from the back to the front and white people sit from the front to the back. Um, those things are have, have turned the corner, and there's, a great deal of optimism that we can have out there, but there's an awful lot of people that want to preach darkness, and that's the the point that I'm trying to make. There is a great deal to be optimistic about, and uh, the music um, that's still out there. It's just the the medium right now is not altogether in the control or the hands of the people uh, who can bring, I think, the, the greatest good to it. Yeah. Well said. Amen. Jack, thank you. And Lord willing, maybe we'll get another opportunity to talk again sometime. Thank you for sharing. And I agree with you. There's a lot of divisiveness out there, a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of fear mongering. I think there are some that's intentional. 
the power elite would like us to believe that we have more not in common with each other than we do have in common. You know, Jack was talking about music. Let me try to put a a bow on this. You know, sometimes in life, you you, you have a dream and it, it comes to, to pass. It's awesome. Sometimes dreams die really hard. I remember growing up in... Jack mentioned music, I, 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 60s, 70s, I thought it was a great time to love music. In the 70s, my two favorite bands were Led Zeppelin and Journey. And lo and behold, about a decade later, I fell into a radio gig at KLOS. Still rock station, still in town, but here's the point of the story. There were DJs that were legends, And one of the first times I walked into an air studio, I couldn't believe what I saw. I walked in, late night talk radio program, lights down, board lit up, music playing through speakers. It was it was just like, (laughs) hey, I can do this. And interestingly enough, that's shortly thereafter, I, I started doing radio. I screened calls. But here's the point of the story. Some of you that listened back in those days know who Jim Ladd is. I think Jim Ladd is still doing fresh tracks on on satellite. He's moved to Northern Cal, but here's the story. Jim was at our station on KLOS. He was at KMET for a while. Then he came over to KLOS, and I was this, I'd like to think, young guy, screening talk shows on the weekends. Nobody knew who I was. I went in one weeknight. Jim was on 6 to 10. And I walked into, back in those days, we were in a small building in Jim's book called Radio Waves. He called it the bunker. There were no windows to see outside. It was off of La Cienega, no longer there, knocked down. But KLOS and KBC shared the same building. A long, narrow corridor up the building the left side was KLOS. The right side was KABC. This KABC. And so I went in one night intentionally late after 6 o'clock because Lad was on the air. I'd never met him. And I wanted to go in and just kind of say hi. And um, hindsight being twenty twenty, probably not the smartest move. But here's what happened. I remember walking up the hallway and I, I heard kind of like a rumbling Air studios are soundproof, but Jim would listen to the show maxed on 10. He'd be in the air studio, and the music would be just blasted. So I walk in the little hallway to the door to the air studio. It's pitch dark. The music is going, and I see him sitting at the console. And I, like a naive, I don't know, starstruck young guy, I open the door, and I mean, it's going. There's smoke in the room. (laughs) He used to be able to smoke. They had air filters, whatever. He's blasting music. And I could tell he wanted wanted none of me. Didn't want to be bothered. He's doing his show. He's freeform. One of the only jocks back then and now that would do freeform. There came a time when program directors, you, you got the log of all the songs you were to play where you just kind of do the ins and outs. Lad was freeform. He would just do themes. Some of you know, maybe a few of you know what I'm talking about. 
But finally, he looked at me, kind of disgusted, because I'm I'm breaking his mojo. He turns the music down. He goes, can I help you? And I just said, Jim, I'm my name is Frank Sontag. I work on weekends. I just wanted to say, you know, I'm I'm thrilled to be here and and I love what you do. And he kind of looked at me <laughs> like I was speaking a foreign language. And he just said, thank you. Can I go back to work now? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I left. Music goes back up. And I thought, man, that went really poorly. Fast forward a few years. I took over the late night program. Jim, as happens a lot in radio, you're here one day, you're gone the next. He had bounced back and forth, KMET, KLOS. Then he was on a radio station called The Edge, 101.9. They were kind of alternative rock. Um, and Jim got fired from KLOS. <clears throat> then the general manager at the time, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was contractual. Who knows what Jim did? But there was kind of this edict. He's not allowed in the building. Now I did my late night midnight show. They didn't know what the heck I was doing. I'm convinced to this day, management had no idea what I do in the middle of the night. I did a midnight to five commercial free talk radio program, but I would play a lot of music. And so I decide to invite Lad on the program. But I knew he was banned from the radio station, so I, we had guards at the time. I told the guard, the man that's coming out as my guest, and he was pitched as Mr. X. <laughs> so Lad comes in. And we're just, I'm thinking, no harm done. We just start talking about radio and rock. And he, he all of a sudden, I think in that moment, realized, hey, he's one of us. This dude is a rebel. And Jim and I became very close friends. Um, and I watched him kind of create out of thin air, literally. It's an art form. This is such a... Such a magnificent vehicle. Still, even with all the changes in radio and everything else, this is still, to be able to talk into a cylinder, thousands of people listening, I mean, that's that's not to be taken lightly. So Jim and I became good friends. I had a 27-year stint at KLO, uh, KLOS, uh, did everything, dream came true. And then in uh, August of 2012, we all got canned, the morning show and... Um, some months go by, and I land on the air uh, afternoon drive on a Christian station in town for eight and a half years. I left KKLA by my own doing. I'd probably still be there. Some time went by, and now I've been on KBC for a year, and I'm leaving on my own accord. So who knows what's going to happen? But I love this medium, and in this day and age of digital and everything you can do, I, I'd, I'd be willing to guess that I'll pop up somewhere so that being said, if you're not on my mailing list, get on my mailing list. Just go to franksontag.com and do that, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do. And um, I'm excited about what the future holds. And I do have a men's ministry. We're, we're all in on that. In fact, when we get back, I'm going to read uh, an article that was penned this week by a politician of all people. Some of you may love him. I think most of you that listen to KBC will love him. Some aren't so fond of him. But he's got a book out on manhood. And I want to read it to you. I had 
two friends, unbeknownst to each other, send me the same article. It's really powerful. When you talk about what's missing, this particular author, I think, is onto something. We'll share that, as well as your phone calls, 800-222-KABC, 800-222-5222. If you'd like to call in, weigh in on something, say hello. Board is open to you each and every Friday evening, right here on the Frank Sontag Show on Talk Radio 790 KABC. Talk Radio 790 KABC. Thank you for joining us here on the Frank Sontag Show. 800-222-5222 are the numbers to call into the program. 800-222-KABC. Doing a little reminiscing on the air tonight about radio and about life. Uh, My program ends a week from tonight, barring any final last-minute change. And uh, I was just talking about Jim Ladd and and Wayman was telling me how many icons and high-profile quote-unquote celebs he met through Jim. Wayman also worked at at that shop. And um, yeah, um, what else do I want to share before I read this story? I, I, I think I'll say this. The, the one thing I love about radio, for me, is I'm always learning something. I, I think that's true about public speaking as well. And um, years ago, when I started my talk radio career, I took over for a guy named Michael Benner. In fact, there's a guy on the phone. I think um, he used to work with him. In fact, I'll take Robert in a moment. But the point of the story is, I, I really wanted to do talk radio And it wasn't until I actually was given that program that I realized, be careful what you ask for. (laughs) And I've said it on the air. And I I wrote some of my radio stories in my book. I have a book called Light the Way Home. If you care to read it, go to my website, franksontag.com. Do not order it on Amazon. But, um, yeah, I um, spent the first year, people would always call and say, Hey, where's the other guy? We don't like you. Michael was on for about 10 years. In fact, let's talk to Robert in Seal Beach. Robert, you're on 790K ABC. Hi, Robert. Hey, Frank. I, I've never I've never met you, and but but I used to call the bunker the train. Okay, tell and, me more. Uh, oh, okay, okay. And and I was uh Michael Benner's screener and uh I, and I never drank coffee, uh, but I took these little pills called no-dose to try and stay awake. Sure. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and I was there when it was owned by the three-letter network. I don't know if you can say the three-letter network. So when did you and screen for Michael? What years? It was in the early 80s, and and I took over for a guy by the name of Mark Felsot. Oh, sure. And, uh, so you and were you so were between Mark Felsod and Jim Nelson. Okay, okay, and I and I never met uh, Jim Nelson, but uh, it, it it was a lot of fun, yep. and uh, um, I left to be a DJ at a radio station called KNAC, and I was there at KNAC during the rock and rhythm years, which was kind of alternative uh, music. And, uh, but I called, I called the bunker, the train because it was so long from one end to the other. It sure was. 
and and I also worked in creative services, and I also worked uh, across the hall as a screener at KABC and did a lot of overnight stuff there. And I was uh, screening the night that uh, John Lennon was killed in New York. Oh, my gosh. So I was screening for uh, Ray Breen. Ray Breen, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Ray Breen into, uh, oh, let's see, Bob Arthur and Ken Minyard show in the yep. morning. And it, and it was a real hectic morning that morning. But, uh, yeah, but, but I, I wish you well. And, and I just happen to be listening. And, and I just wanted to wish you well and, uh, and enjoy whatever you're going to be doing next. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, they knocked that building down a few years ago. We transitioned from the bunker, or as Robert calls the train, to a state-of-the-art um, radio station that Wayman was at. We had um, KLOS, KABC, ESPN, and then we had one other station. We had It was kind of like not that high profile because there was a time where we had four. I don't remember the call letters. It tells you how good it was. But... Um, and then um, I left in 2012. They eventually um, sold that building and knocked that down. And now there's a kind of like, I don't know if they're apartments or a skyscraper. I, I see it coming into work here. It's just about a mile over. And I've just got some great memories there as well, especially with the guys, the morning show, Mark and Brian. All right, let me get to the story before we have to break again. Uh, I, as I've said before, I have a men's ministry And two of my closest friends simultaneously sent me an article that was uh, thrown up at various sites. And the headline reads, America's men are in crisis, and it's rooted in one big lie. All is not well with men in this country. Before I tell you who wrote it, let me read what this person says. Of all the things this country needs... Stronger borders, better paying jobs, some basic safety on our streets. Above all, America needs stronger men. The left has spent decades running men down, blaming them for everything from climate change to the patriarchy. They're wrong. Uh, Let's see, my phone just reset. Strong men aren't the problem. For America, stronger, better men are the solution. All is not well with men in this country. The numbers tell the tale. Men are lonelier than ever before. They're dropping out of the labor force in greater numbers than ever before. They're struggling more with drug abuse, and they're struggling more with drug abuse and alcohol as well. They're increasingly, uh, they increasingly forego a college education even as they delay getting married and having kids. If any other demographic group was struggling to this extent, we call it a national crisis, and it is. But the left doesn't see it that way. They blame boys and men for the sins of the world. They say all masculinity is toxic. That simply to be a man is to make the world a worse place. They propose to do away with traditional masculinity altogether. The left's campaign to re-educate men begins as early as preschool, where too many boys are punished for aggressive play, and if they don't comply, medicated out of their boyishness. As young men, they're denied the manufacturing jobs that allowed their fathers to earn good wages. The governing class have long ago, having long ago shipped those jobs overseas, 
and set adrift on college campuses filled with activists who despise them. And popular culture relentlessly bangs the same drum when men aren't morons, they're actively evil. At bottom, this critique of men is rooted in a lie. That men shouldn't be leaders, creators, and heroes, but just consumers looking out for themselves. The truth is just the opposite. We need men to step up. America's men have the power to transform this country for the better. Want to curb the epidemic of child poverty? Get a father to start contributing to his wife and children. Want to address the cataclysm of youth violence? Put a father in the picture. Men can help bring peace and order to a nation racked by crises. They can change the destiny of their families and whole neighborhoods. Their power, once tapped, can be a mighty and world-shaping thing. Power alone isn't enough. Power only becomes true strength, a force of good, when it's used in the right ways for the right reasons. What we need is a guide, a roadmap for what it means to be a good man. And for that, we should turn to the faith of our fathers. In the same breath that the left attacks traditional manhood, they attack traditional faith as well. That's no coincidence. Faith and manhood are linked because for centuries, men have looked to faith to the Bible to understand who they are and what they can be. In this time of turmoil, our ancient faith can guide us again. The story of the Bible is more than a collection of familiar tales. It's an invitation to men to find their place in the cosmos, to take up their role in a grand drama that supercharges their lives with meaning. Beginning with Adam in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says men are tasked with bringing order to the world, transforming chaos into beauty, the wilderness into a garden. To perform that noble task, every man must form his character. He must shape his soul. The path to manhood is the path to virtue. Men are called to form the character of husbands and fathers. They're charged to give themselves for others and humbly accept their own limits, just as Abraham devoted himself to his wife Sarah and trusted God's promise of a son to come. Men are called to the character of warriors and builders, they must battle evil and bring beauty out of chaos, just as Joshua challenged the monsters of Canaan and David laid the foundations for God's temple. And men are called to the character of priests and kings. They must bring the promise of eternity everywhere they go and use their power to preserve truth and liberty. For years, American men have heard just one story, that they're outmoded and oppressive, that the best they can do is to stand aside and let's together let the elites of today run things. It's a story preached by our contemporary culture from cradle to grave. Stand down. Be passive. You'll just make things worse. It's time to start telling a better story. It's time to call our boys and men to lead. That's how you transform a nation. The author is Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. He's written a book called Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. Anything you'd like to share? We've got 30 minutes remaining. The phone lines are open, 800-222-KABC. We'll kind of lean into some news articles, take more phone calls, and we'll see where the remaining 30 minutes go. It's up to you, 800 222 
KABC, and we will continue with more of this. This is the Frank Sontag Show on Talk Radio 790 KABC. Talk Radio 790 KABC. This is the Frank Sontag Show. We thank you for joining us. So for the three people listening right now that are really interested in this, we, we've, we've discovered, uh, I was talking about back in the days of working at KLOS, we had four radio stations. It was KLOS, KABC, ESPN, and then there was a fourth station. And Wayman and I didn't know each other at the time, but we both worked there at different times. And we're looking at each other going, what was that fourth station? Now, Sharon Reardon, our newswoman, just texted me, and she's right, and there was also another station. Uh, there was actually five at one time. The fourth station we were trying to remember was The Zone. It was all women. I, I don't know why I remember that PD's name was, Ma- or the GM's name was Maureen Lussard. She was pretty nice. But The Zone crashed and burned. And Radio Disney was in the station, too, but it was like on a small way in the back And then after The Zone left, they brought in Radio Disney a little bit more high profile. And that station's gone. In fact, when they knocked it down, when they knocked the old building down, I was told I didn't see it. Do I want to tell this story? I don't don't want to be story heavy tonight. We got some calls. But I will tell you this. At one time early on, I did a midnight to six Saturday night, Sunday morning jock shift. Our news guy on KLOS was Chuck Moshantz. And during the week, he did American News to Australia. And Chuck decided to throw me a bone. They were looking for news, American News to Australia on the weekends. So I became the voice of American News to a number of stations in Australia. So I would work my midnight to six. I would throw my futon in the engineer's little studio, snooze for an hour, get up and do American News. I would like to tell you that it only happened once, but on a couple of different occasions, I'm laying on that futon, catching some Z's, and you better believe I woke up with a rat on top of me. Twice. Different times. <laughs> and I know that when they knocked that building down, they said, man, it was like, uh, I don't want to just, you know, a lot of rats scattered. So they knocked that building down, we moved into the big one, and uh, gosh, probably a lot of you could care less about these stories, but all, all I want to do is kind of paint a picture for you that this this medium, radio, is pretty sacred. And there are a lot of people on air and off air that still love this. So I hope and pray you support this radio station, whatever that looks like. Because 790 KBC, I'm going to go out on a limb here, is an anomaly. This is a station run by Drew Hayes, and some others, it's small, it's lean, it's mean. And, and, and the voices that are on this, this radio station on air are critical at a time by which most of what you hear in talk radio is a lot of pablum and a lot of nonsense. And I'm not saying that, like, because I work here. I'm, I'm <laughs> right? I'm just telling you the truth as I know it. The morning show. Armstrong and Getty, I listen every morning. They're out of the Bay Area because I dropped my son off at school. They're phenomenal. Then you got Bongino. Then you got my friend, my buddy, my pal, (laughs) John Phillips, who I love immensely. John's on noon to three. 
Then you have a little bit of Ben Shapiro and a little bit of Matt Walsh and you got Leo and and then Frank Motek. I mean, this is a great radio station, so support it. Amen. All right, let us take a couple of calls. I will talk to Nick in Hollywood. Nick, you're on 790KABC. We appreciate your call, Nick. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I love the stories, though. You know, when they tore down the buildings at the Beverly Center, your rat story is when the rat infestation in Beverly Hills happened because there were so many rats, they had no place to go, so they moved into Beverly Hills. But, you know, yeah, when you're young, you, you put up with that stuff. But, you know, look, I'm 70 in September, I was raised by a Depression-era football coach. Uh, I was uh, delivered uh, a template for masculinity. However, I was also a child of the 60s, and I became a, a drug addict and a, a stoner and psychedelia. And then the hippie, you know, we were rich hippies. We were from the, I was, grew up poor in a rich neighborhood, but, you know, I was around affluent people, and we, you know, we didn't join a commune, but the our sensibilities turned to more feminized, okay? That's right. And in 1990, I started doing, you know, the men's movement started happening, and Robert Bly That's and right. Iron John. That's right. So I did Robert Bly's thing up in Ojai, but then I did a, a men's weekend, Justin Sterling, okay? You heard of that? I sure did, of um, course. Just, yeah, so I did the men's weekend, and I what I realized of, that my father was a football coach who moonlighted at a liquor store. He was never home. So I had an absentee father and a and an overbearing mother that was feminizing me and my brother. So what what did I do? I became a drug addict at fourteen. My, and my brother, you know, was a juvenile delinquent. He's breaking into houses and breaking into liquors and, and starting fires. So the real the real issue today, as I see it, okay, is yes, the medication. Uh, how they're not allowing boys to be, you know, Jordan Peters uh, says it best. A, a boy is not meant to be bored out of his skull for eight hours, okay? He's got to be doing stuff. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I commend you, and I'm sorry you're leaving. And, uh, you know, what you guys have all, I mean, look at uh, radio today. You've got these kind of snarky uh, personality DJs on hard rock stations that are doing jokes. Uh, and we gave up guys like Jim Ladd, you know, these rich DJs, you know. It's sad in a way because, you you know, look, I don't know how old you are, but we're, we're kind of endangered species, you yep. and I. Yeah, I'm 67. I'm, I'm tracking with you completely, completely. Yeah. Would you yeah. would you make sure to get on my mailing list or send me an email? I'd love to keep in touch with you. And by the yeah, way, I've, we've 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 talked before. We I was have. going to try to come to one of your. I will. What's your email? Was what again? Frank at kmgministries.com, or if you just go to franksontag.com, you can hit me up there. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So I don't sure. know you. Obviously, you said we've talked a time or two. You were talking uh, yeah. very clearly about being raised by a football dad who moonlighted absentee. Your mom kind of jumped in and, and did her thing, and you struggle with drugs at 14. I get a sense I'm not pre—I don't have precognition. I don't, you know, intuition, I, although I was a new ager for 21 years. I get that you have been very successful in your life. I don't need to know what you did or what you're doing now, but the question that comes up that I'm interested in 
You sound like a 72-year-old man that understands some of the some of the areas in life that 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 some people never fully grasp and comprehend so they just kind of stay in a self-imposed prison if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i mean you don't yeah. sound like a guy you sound like a guy that's spiritually lit up you love life yeah you're doing well yeah. and, and anything that you can add into that conversation i'd love to know well you know i'm going to correct you a little bit <laughs> so here's the deal I got sober at 34, okay, and I had to find a spiritual path. I was always a seeker. I always, you know, meditated and did all that stuff. But what, the real turning point is when I decided to grow up and stop doing childish things. Oh, that's okay, right. I got sober with the great cocaine crash of the early 80s. In fact, Alcoholics Anonymous was predominantly started founded by bill wilson back in the 30s you know and it was predominantly 40 year old men that's when alcoholics started hitting their bottom well we were a whole new subspecies of drug addicts that came in and now they're coming in at 15 16 17 years old so that's right you know i got sober i didn't hit it out of the part successful i've blown through millions of dollars of property i've i'm still searching okay but i'm also um, lit up, like you say. I am so happy. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. And I go, well, is that because I have less of it? No, it's because of the, the choices that I've made. That's right. And, you know, I didn't chain myself. Look, I've got a lot of ultra uh, wealthy, successful friends in everything from, you know, show business to uh, law uh, you know, to politics, you know, I know all those people. I move in some nice circles, but I'm happiest because of the internal work that's right. I'm doing. That's right. You know, and, 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 and I, I, I look, I, I mentor young drug addicts, you know. I listen real quickly, a funny story. When I was sober, I, I, was taught, I was complaining about not getting an acting job, and I was 34. The guy was 72 years old listening to me, my age now. And he was an old wise guy from New York. And he goes, how the hell old are you? I said, I'm 34. He says, 34. And he, uh, he goes, get the F out of here. He yeah. punches me. He goes, drop me naked in the Mojave <laughs> Desert. I walk into L.A., have something shaken by midnight. And he walked away. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, I'm working on a film now. I'll get in touch with you. That'd be great. Uh, I would love love to, you know, maybe we'll, we'll grab a coffee or something. But, Sounds you know, uh, I'm doing some stuff. Okay. Look forward to it, Nick. Thanks, Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. All right, we're late for a break, so I'm going to jump in real quick. We have one more segment left. You are listening to the one and only Talk Radio 790 KABC. Talk Radio 790 KABC. This is the Frank Sontag Show. 800-222-KABC are the numbers. Let me talk to Anthony and Rosemead, and then I've got a couple things I want to share in closing. Anthony, you are on 790-KABC. Hello, Anthony. Well, you know, um, thank you for taking my call. You know, I've been listening to you since you got on. I'm really surprised that you're leaving and sad. But, you know, like you, in my life, I think differently about uh, like pro-life, which is say like we'll talk, we'll talk about abortion for a second. Um, when I was much younger, I felt much different, but now 
I'm a grandfather. I'm a father of three. And I think much differently. Um, and with everything that's going on, you know, I, I, I've I've come to like what what you know what you've been talking about. What you, all everything that you've brought to the table. I just want to know why are you leaving KABC? Yeah, I can't digress that on the air. Um, the reasons are mine. Um, but I will tell you, you know, in this day and age of technology, you can still find me. I'm going to probably do a podcast. I might pop up somewhere else. Um, it, it, I, I, this I can say, doing a radio program one night a week on a Friday night, uh, I, I need more. And so we will see what happens. But just go to franksontag.com, get on my mailing list, Anthony, and we'll get you up to speed on everything I'm doing. And I thank you for the call tonight. In this day and age of technology, I mean, the truth is anybody can do anything. Anybody can do a podcast, just, you know, throw a camera down in your front room, whatever. And um, I love the medium of radio. I I love this show. Boss here, Drew Hayes, I I free, do whatever I want. Although some of my memories of taking calls in the last year, there's been a couple of people are going, no, you're lying. You, you. You're you're under the the uh, hysteria of being paid by the fossil fuel industry, like you know, making all this money, and I'm just you know, this is a ruse. Quite the opposite. This is me. It's been great. It's been fun, and and I can let it all hang out. I've got no like when I used to work at KLOS or the other shop. There, there were times where I'd get a call from the boss. Hey, see me in my office, and I had hair at the time. He parted my hair pretty good. But that's not the case here. So a um, couple of random thoughts and then we'll close. And Lord willing, next Friday, looking forward to doing that program. Actually, I actually have an idea of a guest or two next Friday. I'm not going to tip that off. But just some random thoughts. You know, Wayman was talking about when he um, knew Lad, he met a lot of people. A couple of just crazy memories I have. It had to be in the... 80s, late 80s, early 90s, um, Jimmy Carter was in the building. And um, I had heard he was in the building. And I'm in, how do I say this? I'm in the restroom, um, minding my own business. And my, 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 my face is to the wall, like, you know, we guys, when we do certain things. I hear the door open, and I'm just locked looking at the wall. And I hear this, how y'all doing? <laughs> And Jimmy Carter, how do I say this, is doing the same thing as I am next to me. <laughs> so I I did this excretory function with, with the president. Kind of a funny memory. Um, we had Mel Gibson on. Uh, I've really loved this dude from afar. I'm hoping sooner or later our paths will cross directly. Um, we had Mel Gibson on the morning show when Braveheart came out. But the stipulation was you had, he was not going to come in studio, not going to be on the program unless we saw the movie. So we got off the air at 10 o'clock, Santa Tuesday, private screening, uh, Mark, Brian, me, a couple of the other folks, we go to this private location and we see Braveheart. And I got to tell you, man, that movie talked to me. So the next morning, Mel was on. 
and he talked and promoted Braveheart. And I don't know what was up with Mel that morning, but he was very colorful. And I thought, this is a guy that um, is tracking a lot of things at the same time. Like, like many of us, him being in the public light, we've seen some of his frailties. We all have them, right? And, and he was hated for a while. When he made The Passion of the Christ, I got to tell you, uh, that movie also changed my life. And I recently saw him doing an interview on he's going to do The Resurrection. And um, all he said was he had two scripts and he wants to make sure and do this right. And me with my background in motion pictures, my dad was a, a gaffer, lighting director. I grew up on movie sets. I have such a respect for somebody that makes a good film. Uh, I studied acting around 2000, Playhouse West in North Hollywood was the place that I went. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Mel does. And I can only imagine it's probably going to be a year, two-year endeavor. So my creative juices are flowing. And I hope and pray by God's blessing, I'll do radio some more. I don't know. I've had a couple of... You know, times where I'm not on actively, but I'm not going anywhere. If you're in social media, I have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, I do all that stuff. And I do have an idea of doing a once a week podcast interview format where, look, I'm not in the mood of dropping names, but we'll have some some folks on that you probably know and just talk about life and who knows what. But the last thing I want to share with you, my main passion, uh, other than my dear wife and my son, my family, being a husband and a father, is the issue of men. I frankly am like I'm um, two people in one. I am angry and outraged by the state or the lack thereof of manhood. And while at the same time, I'm completely heartbroken. I read Josh Hawley's piece, um, my men's ministry, uh, this is what we do. We had a board meeting yesterday. We're going in some other directions, and I just think the state of manhood it ha- has, the, um, is the, has, has the answers to everything. If, if men can get, a, get, get on their God-given purpose of, of true manhood and fight the battle, a lot of guys have bought the lie. Somehow we're just supposed to be passive and indifferent. One of the callers made mention to the Sterling and Robert Bly, some of the things back in the 80s. I was a new age teacher. I used to teach workshops to guys how to be more um, have more of the feminine energy. I, where I've come from and where I am now, man, I've learned a lot. But I think true manhood is missing. And um, please support my ministry. Go to franksontag.com, prayers, well wishes, whatever. We are a small men's ministry, and we we want to uh, really get after things this year and in 2024. Um, and just keep me in prayer. Keep my family in prayer. Uh, I am very excited about what's to come. 
I'm a little unnerved, but I have a deep faith in God through Jesus Christ. And I I just think, similar to Nick, I, I think the best is yet to come. I really do. Uh, life is supposed to be an adventure. I, I don't want it safe and, and vanilla and boring. Um, I want to climb to the mountain and look down and go, hey, it's a little scary up here, but it's also exhilarating. And life has so much tapestry and color to it. And again, I, I hope and pray the best is yet to come for you. If I can help you in any way, go to franksontag.com, drop me an email. And uh, between now and next Friday, I pray blessing over you. I pray you have a, a wonderful week. And I'm um, looking forward to next Friday. We may have some surprises. But one thing is for sure, if you miss any of this program or any past programs, go to franksontag.com. All our podcasts are up in their entirety. And drop me a line and let me know how you're doing. One of my um, struggles in radio is 99% of you I'll never meet. We may be doing an event in June that we'll invite you to next Friday. All that being said, have a great week. God bless you. You are listening to Talk Radio 790 KABC. The Frank Sontag Show is furnished by Phil Liberatore and the law offices of Berglund & Johnson.